You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome back to The Handmade Podcast, episode five. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm here with Derek from Malden, Paul Pinto, and my name is Chris Zepp from Make Everything. We are back with another riveting episode we've got a lot to talk about today it's been busy weeks for everybody let's start it off with derek what do you got going on this week what new tool did you get this week wow episode five already let's go by quick um i finally got to use my router lift it finally everything finally came together the stars were all aligned and that's what started this whole thing with the saw stop and um I just, you know, it's funny. I didn't mention this. When I picked up the saw stop as I was leaving, the guy said to me, he says, you got everything, but you didn't buy a router lift. I says, oh, I have one. He goes, which type? I says, a Rockla. He goes, oh, they don't fit. I says, you're <laughs> kidding me, dude. I said, <laughs> And you asked him I, to give your money back? I said, I just spent all this money on a saw stop because I have a Rockla router lift. Like, that's what started this whole crazy, you know, journey. So... He's like, yeah, I know they don't fit. They're an odd size and, you know, like sweating bullets. But I knew they did because I was just up at Jimmy's and I seen that's what he has. So I was kind of not too worried about it. But um, when I loaded in the truck, I snuck back and I measured it and it, it fit. But uh, I was sweating a little bit. But, you know, when I got home, I um, had to order it. They didn't have the table and part of the table. And that finally came in this week. It was supposed to come in next week, actually, but it came in a week early. But they didn't have the bolts for it, which was a little bit disturbing. I, I just hate when stuff like that happens. Like, you know, and um, there's it, like an insert, right? You're talking yes. when you say the table. So there's the yeah. there's the table saw table. Then there's yep. the wing that the router lift goes in, right? Yeah. There's the middle. Yeah. Then there's another little piece in between. So the, the little piece had the hardware, but the table didn't have any hardware i went through the trash made sure i mean they package everything so nice saw stop and the instructions so i was kind of surprised the box wasn't torn or anything like that so i was a little bit surprised that it wasn't there but it wasn't but it wasn't a big deal i have plenty of hardware in the shop so i was able to get it together and put the lift in and so you know everything's right with the world now you know now i just need to 
find a job where I need to use the router lift. You know, that'll probably be next year sometime. But no, I was just, I was happy to have it because it just, I, I don't know, I'm just crazy. I have anxiety, like waiting for things like that. And just, I wanted it to be done and just kind of move forward and get the shop back together because it's just been a mess for like the last month, actually two months now. But, um, you know, I just want to get it back together. So that was like the step in the right direction. So does it feel like your shop is at like a like a settled kind of moment where you're not going to be moving any more major tool. I know you have another new tool that you're going yeah. to be trying to get soon, but for the most yeah. part, like you had to make a major change to get that huge CNC in there and the new table saw, like you feel like you're settling down? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So it's, you know, when I try to do pictures or videos, I'm very selective of what I'm showing kind of like you are chris because it's like it's a disaster <laughs> the other side but um i like i said i rented some storage <laughs> space and um i think the week after the fourth um starting the fourth i'm on vacation so i was going to cancel it because obviously we're not going anywhere but i think i'm going to keep it and that's the week i'm going to use to basically just get the stuff out of here that i don't need and take over a little bit more space in the shop and kind of get the lathe moved and getting that stuff taken care of i really need to commit to working on the shop and not working on a project which is hard to do i don't like doing stuff i mean nobody likes doing that type of stuff but i just really have to because it just it, it's not enjoyable for me to come down here and that's what i don't like about it. i could care less if it was a mess I, I like it organized but i just don't enjoy being down here right now so that's why i want it straightened out yeah that's how my shop was like at the beginning of this year and, and you guys came down i don't I'm trying to remember when i uh, if when did you guys come down for Jimmy's dad's birthday? I think it I was know. right at was it after Christmas, like Maybe January? I yeah, I think it might have been January. Yeah. Well, whenever it was, it was like Jimmy said something like, "Like you, I couldn't even use like fifty percent of my tools. You couldn't even use because there was just stuff everywhere." So I spent like yeah, it's insanity. Yeah, I spent like three months. <laughs> now my shop, it's it's come a long way. It probably looks the same to like the untrained eye. But I've spent so much time just making it so that I can use everything. At least the use untrained everything. Untrained die, I yeah. love that. <laughs> the, the, untrained the untrained die. die. You, you might have to stand. Like, you mean there's not like a belt grinder strapped to like the tops like bandsaw <laughs> tables and like <laughs> just ran tools on top of tools. Well, there like, is one area tools, you buy bigger tools to like store your smaller tools on top of. That's <laughs> well, it's so funny because I have a big uh, uh, a big tool coming uh, hopefully soon, and it's a it's a uh, it's a table style tool, and I'm literally thinking about all the things that will fit underneath it. Once it comes and on top of it, yeah, well, no, on top of it, there's no room for anything on top of it, but like there is, there is, uh, there is areas underneath that stuff can go in, but like, you know, it's, it's tough when I felt the same way though. I would walk into my shop and just be like, uh, like I can't even get to the bridge port because there's so much stuff in mm. the way. And, uh, now I don't have that problem as much. Do you well, think Paul, you're ever gonna move, or do you think it's you're oh, gonna be God, there, no. like buried in there, like that, like that Colombian guy you took me to down, oh, down the my street God. in your shop? That was yeah. the cra- that was even crazier than yours. There is a guy, there's a gentleman down the road from me. His name is Nestor, and uh, he's a he's a machinist from Colombia, and his shop, the pathway, you know, there's a hallway that leads into his shop, and the pathway is so 
crowded with material and tools <laughs> that it's about walked you have to walk toe to toe if you went to a construction site and then walked into like a full dumpster that's what the shop was like <laughs> and then there's that's actually what it looks little like little old guy making like me- machining like medical grade parts out of this little tiny Mm-hmm. It was like the craziest, but you could tell it was one of these guys that could like make anything. Like he probably knew how to do literally anything. And yeah, he knew the guy's amazing. Was, but the, the the it was just insane the way the shop was. But, I well, couldn't believe it. It was funny because when I posted the picture of the paint on the saw stop, like I got so many messages, people being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're using that as a workbench." I thought you were kidding. It's like, you kidding me? It's like 36 by 52 of flat surface. It's like, yeah, it's I'm not going to weld cool. on it, but it just, it's just begging to be used. You know, it's a Got small it. shop. Yeah. And it's like, it's just like anything else. It's like, not my car, but it's like, you know, first dent, first scratch, you know, it's got to get broken in a little silver paint on the side of it. Like this thing's not going anywhere. Like the yeah. only people that have to worry about that is like the beneficiaries of my estate. When they try to sell it, you know, I'm never selling this thing. So I could give two shits, you know, but they're the ones that are going to have to worry about it. You know, poor Max. But this guy, uh, this guy's shop, I should take you guys there next time. Paul's been there, but I just I got to like paint the picture. So this guy used to buy machines at auctions and ship them down to Columbia. And then he he just says they're not where he, I don't know what happened either in the States or in Colombia that affected their machining economy, but I guess it was booming until it wasn't. So as we pull up to this place, I'm like, Paul, do you see all those tarps? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all of those are machines. The guy's got a yard. You, as far as you can see, all bridge ports, CNC's, lathes. Does he sell? No, they rot. He goes, every one of, he goes, every one of these could work. He well, goes, yeah. they just, you, probably, you probably can't use a CNC machine after it's been outside for 20 years in this Long Island weather, snow, salt, salt air. Like, there's no way. <laughs> no. Like, maybe, an, a, maybe like a vice. If he's got a vice out there, he could get it working. I don't know if he's going to get those scenes. So it's like the tractor place up at Jimmy's. Yeah. Exactly. Like smileys, exactly. But, Smi- yeah. Smileys, but for machines. Yeah. Yep. And he's and, and one time I went to him, I was like, hey, I need a transformer to uh, like do this, do this and that. He goes, oh, okay. He opens up a container. You open the <laughs> container and you see light coming in because the, the roof is collapsed and you hear scattering. And he's oh, like, oh, the squir-. he goes, the squirrels live in here. Yeah, I'm like, no squirrels. thanks. Yeah. The, I'm those, like, no thanks. Those aren't squirrels. In New York. Yeah, squirrel. right. They're uh, short. No, they're short hair, short yeah. hair squirrels. That's what he used to say about the, uh, the rats that have yeah. have previously lived in my yard. Anyway, back to tools. <laughs> Paul, what'd you get this week? <laughs> um, well, I got uh, kind of a major tool that I've been wanting for a really long time, and that's an iron worker. Um, it's a nice. Pennyhawk 100-ton iron worker, and it's going to completely you know, change everything I'm doing in the shop. I'm, I'm so sick of like drill bits and stuff. Like I can't take it anymore. So this is going to – drill bits and – you know, cutting things without, you know, a proper saw and shear. The next thing I need to get is a big saw, but for now this iron worker is going to be amazing because it could shear. Wow. Um, I think it's 16, 16 by three quarter plate. Um, it can wow. shear, you know, um, what could it do? It could punch an inch and a quarter hole and seven eighths plate. It could Holy shear shit. Uh, round bar, square bar, five inch by three eighths angle. So it could do nice. a lot. And it's it's amazing how compact this this petting horse is. 
it's they're like, amazing man when i bought mats i couldn't believe how small it was and that's why i needed to get one yeah. yours is 100 ton right yeah 100 ton yeah now, is it all way? hooked up no it's not hooked up hopefully actually tomorrow um patrick is supposed to come down here um to help me like start wiring the place and he's going to try and help me you know figure out this thing because originally i thought it was 480 volt um because mm -hmm. that there was a big sticker on the side of it in the picture on the auction that i bought it from and it said 480 volts i'm like okay what am i going to do i'm just going to have to buy a transformer or something then it mm -hmm. turns out um you can rewire it to 230 but then mm -hmm. i went to go open up the electrical cabinet and there was literally like 5,000 wires in the cabinet so i don't even know what to do i don't want to touch it until mm -hmm. i have a professional look at it because i you know i can't this yeah. yeah yeah there's probably a diagram or something in there or I, whatever, yeah i but. called the guy and he was like i called petting Hoss and their customer service and then they had to call me back to get the expert on the phone and the expert i didn't have a clue what he was talking about so i don't know what the <laughs> what the solution is maybe i'll call back and get somebody else but he yeah. sent where, me like where are they located manual. he's like yeah it should well it's a german company but i think in their offices are in chicago mm -hmm. um so, I don't I mean, remember if they were at Fabtech or not. I don't think yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they were at Fabtech. They were just not with the other iron workers. They had all like the beam lines and the, and the huge stuff. Oh, yes, I remember. They didn't even yes. have, I don't even know if they had their iron workers um, even on display because it's like, that's the, literally the smallest thing they make. Yeah. This is like the, one of the biggest steel, you know, machine, steel fabrication machine companies in the world. They make like insane stuff. This is probably the second smallest piece of equipment because there's one iron worker that's smaller than this. And then that's mm -hmm. it. Everything yeah. else is like literally the size of like my house. Wow. Yeah. So, so Paul's iron worker, for those of you who are familiar with the one that I've, I have, I've been posting a lot about it because it's changed my shop completely. Having it like there are tools like you can say change your shop. Like I got a saw stop. It's game changing. Okay, but it's, still, it's, it's just still, a, but it's just a ripping, table saw. You're, you're still ripping yeah. plywood on it. Exactly, or like you know, like I guess I, I can't think of anything else that really changes your ability to work other than maybe like a welder because you can't really do what a welder yeah. can do. But an iron worker is just—it's baffling. It's like magic. And Paul's the one that he just got is a hundred ton hydraulic. Mine is a thirty-eight ton. Uh, it's oh my god why can't i think of the name flywheel or flywheel yeah so the difference being that paul's has paul's is essentially his hydraulic press but just designed in a way that it moves you know different appendages the punch the shear and the other stuff and mine has a giant flywheel and a series of gears and once you turn mine on the flywheel spins you push a button it engages a lever and then that lever throws a gear and it just uses all mechanical advantage to punch so the difference is that mine it has a lower capacity than Paul's would, but mine is probably three times as fast with its action. Mm. But it's also exponentially more dangerous because if your finger is in the way, it's going. Yeah. So a flywheel unit has to complete the cycle. It can't be stopped. But a hydraulic, if paul's pushing the pedal he's gonna watch the punch go down and if something's not right he's gonna have an opportunity to just take his foot off the pedal and it's gonna stop right there so that's why those flywheel machines don't exist anymore can you imagine how many poor guys lost their fingers on a flywheel machine mm. probably a lot Dude, yeah that's it's scary how big you said inch and three quarter and seven eighths plate 
Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's it's we'll crazy. We have to go down there and just punch holes and stuff. Yeah, Unbelievable. Just for fun. Wow. That'd it's be funny, cool too, because, because it, gets you, it gets you usable, usable stock, stock, though. Like, yeah. so after you make the punch, yeah. you actually, like, you don't, it's not like drilling an inch and seven-eighths hole where you just yeah. get chips. You actually get yeah. an inch and seven-eighths, like, washer. Well, that's yeah. what I was saying. Like, the, the stuff that comes out of it must be pretty cool. You know, yeah, you, you can do weird things. Yeah, thing that catches the plugs in the bottom. But it's yeah. just, it's just, and the other nice thing is, you know, for cutting things, you're not making, like, a kerf in the mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. steering it directly in half. So you yeah. don't lose any material. You don't have to like account for that really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just the speed is like, and, and the ease of use is, is it's really the, the only way to go. The next, you know, step in machinery, like, cause, cause first, you know, you have like your hand drill and then you got a drill press and then you got an iron worker after that, or then you got a mag drill, then you have an iron worker. And then really the only other place to go is really like a beam line as far as steel fabrication goes like mm-hmm. like it's either everyone uses iron workers and stuff to fabricate clips and plates and stuff and then you know the only other thing you could really get is a beam line and after that that's pretty much like you know the the, the biggest well, then you, then you get a python yeah which is either, essentially a beam line yeah either a python but... or, a, or a like a drill like beam line like a petting hoss just petting hoss definitely makes uh plasma yeah, too. but there are even even outside of the you know like even outside of the traditional iron working stuff that you do. Yeah, like the iron worker that you got will you like you'll use it like I use mine almost every time I'm in my metal shop. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I got to make like, you know, uh, like the other day I had to clamp something on the bridge port and I had I have these bars of quarter inch material. They're like inch and a quarter by 12 inch bars of quarter inch thick just material and i had to clamp something on the bridge port and i needed a hold down so i was like oh i'll throw some threaded rods through the material i'll put those down into the t-slot table i immediately walked over to the drill press and was like uh-uh yeah what, what am I no doing? way went back over to the iron worker turned it on punched two holes in it and that was it i was done i was done in like 40 seconds and i had three eighths uh i have punches that are uh one they're one sixteenths over three eighths or they're one thirty seconds over three eighths. So I can use three eighths hardware. That's the punch I keep in my machine most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I literally punched the two holes, turned off the machine and I was already clamping it down on the table before the machine had even like stopped spinning. And I was like, Oh my God, this was, this was worth it. This was worth it. Mine was cheap. Mine was only 1500 bucks. Yours was a little more than that, but yeah. your machine is also, limitless like you won't outgrow that yeah machine. there's no other really iron worker you know i'll ever need that's awesome yeah, i don't need a bigger one and, and i have to start looking at things differently now it's not like i'm just buying stuff for fun anymore mm-hmm. like this is gonna save me money for my business so it's not like i'm just trying to buy this because i want it and it's mm-hmm. fun like this is gonna make more money than you know having someone sit there for five times as long with a mag drill trying to make stuff i mean it's gonna yeah if you're in that type of business yeah you have to have that stuff i mean yeah, that's, no how, that's how you right. make that stuff yeah you don't drill all that yeah. stuff that's craziness no. yeah even you, hearing, you, like you know cutting material cutting the plates is is a big help too cutting like like cutting pickets for railings when you know when you have a couple hundred feet of railings to make and you got to cut like hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of half inch pickets yeah you just yeah. send it right through that and this thing also which i got to figure out because I, ha- I don't even have this thing turned on yet but there's a depth gauge or a depth stop that's like 
in some way electronic. There's like a little um, like sensor on it. And then when you feed the material through and it hits the depth stop, it hits like a little pad that I don't know if it sends a, a signal to the machine and just lets you know that you've hit it. I, I doubt it, it when you hit the depth stop, it like makes the machine cut. That would seem dangerous. So it must like light up or something or make a noise and let you know that you've hit the back of the stop and, and you're good to make the cut. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's what it does because anything else would seem kind of dangerous. But yeah. yeah, the shearing of material like Paul, I don't know if you saw the clips of me using mine for the angle for those carts that I made. Yeah. But like when you like it, it literally cuts angle my machine will only cut uh, i was cutting two by two by eighth i think my machine will cut three by three by what quarter quarter i think i don't remember but it the way it snaps angle off it's just like it, it's unbelievable and then you think about like how strong a piece of angle iron is oh, like yeah. how much weight and how much like torsion you can put on a piece of angle iron is uh it's unbelievable when you when you listen to the machine just like snap it and that's it it's done the only thing about mine and i'm i'm not sure how yours will react was mine has a mine warps the plate a good amount but Mm -hmm. uh, my blades are are also like pretty dull not set right but once you get yours tuned in you know every time you hear the saw running your ears are going to poke up and you're going to be like why is someone cutting something with a saw in my shop yeah like yeah. why are we wasting this much the only time thing, the only thing you got to cut with a saw now is is tube, big tube and, and yes i beams and stuff any type of bar or plate you know as long as it could fit in the machine that's where you'd where you'd shear it with the iron worker but it would the other thing that's crazy to me is that you know the blades you're cutting steel and then the blades are steel but the only difference between the two pieces of steel are like a tiny fraction of a little bit of carbon mm-hmm. and it makes it like so much stronger and so much, you know, tougher that it could cut through the other thing. And it's like, you know, if you looked at it, it's not that big of a difference. Like mild steel is what, like, what is it? Uh, 0.18% carbon. And like tool steel is like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's above high pay grade. It, it's, it's like point, what is it? It's 0.3%. Tool steel is 0.3 and up, mm-hmm. maybe. But this tool steel is probably like point, like eight or nine. Who knows? But it's it's not that much. Like, yeah, it's crazy the difference the carbon makes in, in making that, like the tool steel so much stronger. And that always amazes me. Yet. So yeah, it's it's low. Like mild steels are a quarter percent by weight of carbon. Yeah, and high carbon steels, high carbon is two percent by weight. So it's like. You know, it's it's Is under it really a two. That much? Maybe that's yeah. not like high speed steel would be like. 2%. Well, it's it's point eight to two percent. So like oh, okay. one yeah, yeah, percent yeah. you could call an average. So like one percent <laughs> carbon makes enough difference that you get the you know resistance and and toughness that you can literally shear other pieces of metal or punch right through it. Yeah, it's pretty I, crazy. I, I have a piece of seven eighths inch steel here, and it's just amazing to look at this. And to just think this is like would be sheared right off like that. Yeah, it doesn't even amazing. make sense. Yeah, think but, about a piece of three quarter inch plywood, and then think it's thicker than that. And it's made of steel, and this thing will literally cut it like you cut, like with a scissor. But yeah. like Paul said, though, that always amazed me. Even when you drill steel, like it's so tough, but when yeah. you drill it, it's amazing how easy it drills. Like it's mm-hmm. just you know, it's it's just you know, with the right steel, it's soft. You know? It's when you, it's funny because when you start working with metal, and especially if you're like a blacksmith or a knife maker, 
you start to think of like regular mild steel as being soft. Mm-hmm. Like I'll never just make, a, say like, that. make a tool out of mild steel. Like it's no. soft. It'll just like, as soon as you start hitting it with a hammer, it's got dents in it. It, it starts to mm. mushroom over. You know, if you make it like a drift, uh, for example, to like drift a hammer, it's so soft compared to tool steel. And then it's even softer when you harden that tool steel. It's crazy the difference you can get with just, you know, a couple heating it up and cooling it down pretty quick. It's it's fascinating, the science. I wish I knew more about it. I, I know a pretty yeah. level. It's just like springs. I had a mm-hmm. spring I had to mess around with, so I heated it up, let it cool down, and, you know, it could bend it. It was soft. It just it is strange, but. I, I think the same thing, Paul, like when I think about a normal piece of steel and I think like, oh, it's pretty soft. Like, it's fine. It's just mild steel. Like. I find myself thinking and saying like, oh, well, it's just mild steel. So if you need to, you can just shear it off. If you need to, you can just grind it away or cut it with the bandsaw. Because it's, you you do get like, you know, you get totally jaded when you're used to, you know, like making a hammer or making a punch, you know, and and you harden the end or making a knife and it's, you know, it's got wear resistance. It's, it's also flexible, you know, like mild steel isn't super flexible. Yeah, you know, it just it, it, yeah, it, it's um, it's got a what's it called? I don't even know the right word. I'm low so, tensile I'm so, strength. I'm so shot right now. I'm so tired after all week. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's been going on. Oh what's my going god! To Chris's tool, then. What's Chris have for? I I didn't I didn't get. Well, the only thing I bought. I, I don't week, understand this crap. I you, I mean, this kid orders probably 15 tools a week. Now we start doing a <laughs> podcast, and now he's got nothing. I know. Me. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I got a lot of podcasts. Buy nothing. And now yeah. they're buying saw stops and router lifts and uh, CNCs. Chris isn't buying anything anymore. I've got a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of stuff in the works, uh, a lot of machinery in the works. And I missed two good auctions recently where I just, I was so busy and I couldn't think about how I was going to go do the pickup. And that's like the big thing is like dealing with the pickup of the tools. People think that like, oh, like, oh, you got that for such a great deal at the auction. It's like, Paul, you know, I mean, you've driven all over the East Coast for auction yeah. stuff. You don't just buy it and then you get it. You well, know, like I've been you doing buy it. Lately. It's been working out. <laughs> well, yeah, but for the most part, like yeah, for you know, small stuff, you, for you small gotta stuff, go pick it up. you got to go get it yourself. So, like, there was a, an, an auction recently where there was a bunch of more of those like list of toolboxes, and they all went for a oh, lot of money. Yeah. So I didn't buy any, but those list of toolboxes, like the one that I have in my shop, weighs five hundred and fifty pounds empty. Does it really? So, How big is the toolbox? Yeah. It's uh, it's probably about six feet tall. It's like oh, wow. thirty inches deep and thirty inches wide. It's like an eleven drawer. You know, it's a great toolbox. It's it's an amazing tooling cabinet. But like Matt put it in my truck with the forklift, and then when I got home, I had to use ratchet straps to pull it out till I could mm. get it to tip. And then once I got it to tip, I finally got it into the shop. But then I weighed it because I was like, this thing is insane, and it was over five hundred pounds with nothing in it. So like. You know, it's just such a pain to go and get that stuff. But yesterday, I speaking of like going to pick stuff up, you know, I let go is like the most dangerous thing for me because it knows exactly what I'm looking for because I go on it every day. So yesterday I popped up on let go. The first thing that popped up was a like a motorcycle lift table. And uh, I don't know why I even clicked on it, but it was 200 bucks and it was in Glenhead, which is the town over for me. So I was like, oh, okay, like. You know, I have three motorcycles and those tables can hold a thousand pounds and they lift from pretty much flat on the ground to like 30, 30 ish inches. That's pretty so cool. So they're, they're an amazing thing to have. So um, nice. 
even just, I mean, obviously working on a motorcycle, Derek's had one. If you have to work on the ground, it sucks. So having it to, to work on motorcycles, it. yeah, having one to work on a motorcycle is amazing, but also just having one in your shop. Like the thing is, it's seven feet long, it's two and a half feet wide, and it'll lift a thousand pounds to 30 inches. So like if you've got a project that requires like up and down and you can get it on that table, it's got wheels on it. And for 200 bucks, I was like, I got to go and pick this up. So I went, I met up with the guy yesterday. I picked it up and then uh, dragged it into the shop. But let me tell you, it is, it's heavy. <laughs> it was not easy to get out of the truck alone. I have but such a hard time it. with let go. I don't know why. I, I do too. Navigate it. I oh don't use God. it. I, I, Makes me feel old. Facebook, well, you know what I sucked about let go is that what I don't like about let go is it doesn't show the prices of anything until you click on the ad. Oh. Um, or, or in some instances, and it's just, it's annoying. And then, you know, people get back to you. They don't get back to you, whatever. But Facebook marketplace has been, has been really good for me. I mean, honestly, I, I go on Craigslist, Facebook, and uh, let go every single day. And I type in a couple different terms, whatever is on my mind that day. And I, I always get stuff. Yeah. I, seen I, I never get stuff from there. I, I just why. seen a good post on uh marketplace that, uh, right up by me, like 20 minutes away. Guys get a whole machine. It's like says machine shop for sale. And it's all Tupperware containers and you click on them and they're just all filled with tooling. So I, mm. I sent him a message and said, you know, do you have any machines? He's like, yeah, call me, but I just don't have the time to get up there, but it's like, you know, I, I want to go up there because he has so much stuff. I can't see him asking mm -hmm. much for it. Like, I don't know if he bought a shop or he's retiring or what, but just tons and tons of tooling. Sometimes and, uh, those are the best ones though. Cause if you walk in there and he's got like, you know, a rotary table or something or like, yeah. you know, a nice machinist vice and maybe you could just get that and you know, whatever yeah. we, we had a deal. We had a deal like that where Matt had found a whole machine shop that was closing and like a friend of a friend of the owner was selling everything. Mm -hmm. And Matt walked in and was like, oh, you know, how much for these? And the guy just looked at it and made up a price. No idea yeah. what it was. Mm. Yeah. So I, he called me and was like, yo, we got to go to this shop. He's like, you're going to love it. We got to go rob this place. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, they wanted like pretty good money for some oh, of the bigger machines. Yeah. For some of the bigger machines. I mean, like they had like a big like they had a closing lathe like yours, Paul. I think oh, they yeah. wanted like two grand, That's which is like which is like what That's it should like have been. prices. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, then like, you know, we got. V blocks and vices, and I got yeah, three nice. Fordham flex shaft grinders, and and so much tooling. And like the guy would be like, I don't know, two hundred fifty bucks. I'd have like a mountain of stuff, two hundred fifty <laughs> yeah. bucks. But you know, the thing about it is, like, you you find out the context, right? Like, it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't like a guy. This wasn't a guy's money. So what had happened was like a, a company owned this shop and then they were downsizing that building out of their company and they were selling the building. Uh, so I don't know who was getting this money, but it's not like some like it's not like the old machinist was going to be losing out. Like mm -hmm. the money was going probably into some like yeah, you know, some executive company. Yeah, yeah they don't even some, pay attention somebody, to what's going yeah, on. Somebody that works at the company that has to deal with that building was going to get like a big wad of cash and like, you know, go out to dinner with it you know it's not like it was it's not like some guy was trying to retire and this was the money to like you know um like help his wife through through a surgery we actually yeah. i met a guy once i went to go look at machines in new rochelle and when i asked him who why he was selling it he told me that his wife was sick 
and he had to sell all his machines. And then he tried to give my friend Mac like a circular saw for like $20. And Mac was like, dude, just take 50 bucks. Like you're really selling all your tools because your wife is sick. Like I don't have a lot of money, but I got to at least like help you, you know? Yeah. Uh, So you got to, you got to take the good deals when they're good and you got to be charitable when, when possible. Right. That's my new tool of the week. So we're going to get into a little bit of a topic on this week's episode. And Derek, this came through to you, right? Yeah, a couple people had asked me about pricing. They were um, in a different part of the country, and they were like, oh, what should I charge this person? And it was for something, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was kind of an odd job. And I said, well, what's their budget? And they're like, oh, man, I can't ask them that. And I'm like, why? And they said, well, I've done that before, and just I get ghosted. Like, they just don't want to talk to me. It's not something they want to talk about. I says, well... If you don't know what they have for money to afford, like, how do you even know if the job is doable, you know? And I kind of came across that with the job I'm working on um, for somebody. And I talked to a couple of different people for advice. And, um, you know, in I had to have a conversation with the guy. And, you know, my wife had said the same thing to me. She says, you know, you know, you can't charge that much. And, you know, it comes down to, you know, what this items gonna take you time wise to make and if it's not realistic gonna be profitable for you you just can't afford to make it for that person it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. whether you think that price is fair or not it just it might not be the right job for you or for that person but you have to know where to start and i think you know people get afraid i mean it's like one of those things nobody wants to talk about it i don't think there's very many people that you know it's like flying nobody likes flying people just do it because they have to but it's like nobody likes to talk about the price of a job like if you're paying for it or if you're making the money it's not the best part of it but it's a necessary part of it and like this job i'm doing i need to know like it's literally it's a small job it's going to be a fun little job and just because it's those two things doesn't mean it's going to be an inexpensive job Mm -hmm. so if this job's going to take me three days i can't charge the guy 300 bucks because it's a fun cool job because if i was doing this full time and i'm competing with you and you're doing it full time it's that's what puts people out of business that's what drives the prices down if i Mm -hmm. can't you know, get three days worth of pay out of this job, I'm screwed. So, you know, I, I talked to the guy and he was kind of okay with that price, but you know, it, it, it is tough to do. Yeah. You have to find a middle ground between, you know, what, what it's worth for you. Have you ever told someone it's not worth it to, for me to make it at that price? Cause nobody wants to hear that. Yes. It is like, it's the truth, but people, Never, I've said that to many clients. I've said, listen, it just doesn't make sense for me to make this for you if that's yeah. how much you're willing to pay. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. wh- what do you mean? Like, how valuable, like, you know, they look at you like you're high and mighty. Like, how valuable do you really think your time is that this isn't worth your time? It's like, well, it costs me this much money to do, you know, a day, to be in the shop every single day, you know, costs this much. There's 30 days in a month and, you know, Derek, your shop's at your house. So you have a little bit different of a situation, but it still costs you money, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, people don't, uh, people don't understand. And your time it. costs you money. Of course. You need to, it's, it's almost the same thing. Like t- your time and money, like it, it almost equals the same thing. You kind of have to figure out what, you know, an hour of your time costs you. 
and then figure out how long you think it's going to take to make that thing. And normally you always end up doubling it because you always think, oh, it's just going to take me a day or two days. It always mm-hmm. takes you twice as long. It's always twice as long and twice as expensive and twice as difficult as you think it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. You, you got to just figure out, like like you guys said, what, you know, uh, a day in your shop is going to cost you. If you have employees, like, you know, what that's going to cost if you have electricity bill, if you have rent, if you have all sorts of stuff, you need to figure out what a day of, of working costs you. And then plus figure out what your time is worth and add it together and then add in the, the cost of the material. Yeah, and um, I, I think a lot of people – sorry to interrupt you, Paul, but I think a lot of people forget about the part where, you know, talking to the customer, mm-hmm. researching oh, yeah. it, delivering something up, delivering it, you know. It all it, adds All up. that adds up. Yeah. And if you're doing that instead of sitting on the, your lazy boy, like you need to be making money doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people kind of – you know, the disconnect and, and, and not even that, you know, it's like, you know, when you spend $60,000 on a, on a delivery truck, like that 60,000, a little piece of that comes out of every project. You know, you just don't yeah. get a $60,000 bonus to buy a delivery truck every eight years or whatever, six years. It's, um, you know, so all that has to be factored into it. So it's yep. not, you know, just that simple, but, um, you know, I just think, you know, you have to be upfront with people and just be like, you know, because I, I think their expectations, like this guy, his original expectation was a couple hundred dollars. I was closer to a thousand dollars and he was a little bit shocked at first, but then he's like, okay, I can still do it at that price. And then mm-hmm. I was funny, I was talking to somebody today and they're like, I would go a little bit higher because, you know, the type of finish he wants, if you want to do it correct, you're going to have to do this. And so, you know, that all factors in. And like I said, I have, you know, for me, it's easy because I have a regular job where I can work overtime on the weekends and I'm certainly not going to do something. If it's a friend or something like that, I don't mind helping somebody, but I'm not going to give up a day's pay at work and go make less doing something else because I don't mm. have a particularly tough job. So it's like it wouldn't even financially make sense to me to you know, work for you for half the money that I'd make working for my regular job. So that's easy for me there, but you know, it is uncomfortable, but like, you know, some things like Paul, like your railings, you know, you know, you charge X amount of dollars a foot mm-hmm. and you know, it's probably like a pretty standard thing throughout the industry. Yeah, People realize yeah. like that's what they're getting built. But when you make like these weird things, one off stuff, definitely yeah. is harder to, yeah. And people have to realize like, you just don't call like a carpenter to make this. This thing, for people who don't know, it's kind of like a trophy for a country club. And it's not really involved, but it is going to be some work. But like you don't call the co- a carpenter like, hey, can you make me a trophy for our country club? You mm-hmm. know, and uh, they're pretty much invested in some of the parts that are going into it already. So they do have some money to spend. But I'm going to be fair to myself, too. You know, yeah. I got to make some money off it. But it, it is pricing things like that you know otherwise it's just not worth it to do the job for you yeah like just don't do it if you can't get you know enough to make it worth your while it doesn't make sense to do the job sometimes you just got to say no and the other problem is when people then you got people who oh i i got another guy he told me he could do it for half and it's like, well, you say, tell him, go and do it. Yeah. Good luck go, with that guy. Him. Good luck with him. I, that's what I always say. I go, happens. oh, that's, that's really great. Yeah. Like, then they'll be calling you back in a year when whatever they, yeah. the first guy built, you know, broke. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. 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 See, I, I don't, I, I've called down my, uh, my client base very significantly so that I don't, I don't have to deal with that. But I mean, it's like, 
when I first started in the shop, I was always working out of my garage. My overhead was lower. I could be cheaper. I was more competitive. Now I'm in a shop, you know, I, you know, got a, got a, got a charge. So one of the things like, and I have this conversation like twice a week with people. So I make those mobile, I've made those mobile boxwood hedges, right? The video did well on YouTube. It's got 200 something thousand views. And, um, I made them for a catering company. And for those that aren't familiar, it's a four foot by eight foot vertical, like bush with fake boxwood on it. People email me all the time because they want them. And I don't have the price on the YouTube channel. I don't have the price in the description of the YouTube video. Cause I, I, I don't know why I don't just put it there. Cause it would probably save me a lot of heartache, but I charge $1,300 for those. The, the boxwood itself costs me like $225 each before I even touch it just to buy it. So when I send people the price of 1300, I tell them if they buy a lot, I can bring the price down, right? Like I'll buy more boxwood, whatever. They are like, oh my God, I had no idea they were so expensive. You just watched a 25 minute video of me building them in my shop with all the right tools. You're telling me that it's not worth it. Like if it's why, why did you, the video is a how to, why did you email me asking me to make it for you if you weren't ready to pay? <laughs> like, <laughs> so a guy just emailed me the other day and was like, I need 10 of them. He was like, how much are they? I said, you know, uh, I have to get, I have to hear back from the vendor. So I reached out to a vendor to buy, you know, the, that amount of quantity and I got a better price. He's pushing me and pushing me and pushing me and pushing me to get him a price. I finally send him a price. He disappears. Yeah. It's like, you know, and I told him when, right the first time we spoke, like, you know, I could I could try to get him down to close to a thousand bucks each for you. And he was like, kind of made a made a noise. But, you know, and then when I was done with my pricing with the way that everything's gone up, I mean, these the boxwood gets imported from China. I was dat back at like 1050 each. So he wants 10 of them. Right. So, you know, people listening to this, it's not hard math. Right. It's a 10, quote unquote, ten thousand dollar job. Oh, my God. I would love to get a ten thousand dollar job in my shop. I don't just get ten thousand. Yeah, I'm making ten thousand. I gotta spend probably by the time I'm done, I'm gonna spend like thirty five hundred dollars on that job because I'm gonna bring in help because it's just not worth it for me to do it alone, and I'm gonna have to buy paint and I'm gonna have to spend all this time and I'm gonna have to work late and you know all these different things. So yeah, maybe by the time I'm done, by the time I'm done paying, I'll make six grand. And then you gotta pay for your shop. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that month, if it takes me a month to make 10 of those, you know, a month is a stretch. That month cost me almost three grand Mm. with all the electric and all the other stuff. And during that time, I can't make a video because I've already made a video making those. So there's no way for me to double down on that. And I can't do anything else. So you're losing YouTube revenue. So maybe at the end of the day, you made 1500 So at the end of the day, maybe I made, maybe, maybe, maybe I make two grand. Yeah. By the time I'm done, unless I really get at this aggressively and I have figured out ways to do this efficiently, but you have to look at the worst case scenario. So I'm making two grand. So now I've just like killed myself to make 10 big things. They're hard to move. I got to do. There's so many steps for two grand. There are a lot of ways to make two grand that are a lot easier than that. You know, yeah. and I and, you know, listen, I, I think that a lot of people that listen and are going to listen to this podcast are uh, everyone is at different stages in their build business. Right. And I know that t- two years ago 
I would be like, if I can make two grand, I'll do it. It doesn't matter what it is. But at a certain point, um, when you've figured out ways to kind of diversify your income, you know, you have to, you have to think about things really, really practically. Now, if that job for the two grand was the ramp on the van, which is great content, it's great experience, it's, it's, it checks all the boxes. I'm probably going to make less than two grand on that ramp that I'm building. Yeah. And that is a big, big job, but it's okay because there's, there's so many more opportunities. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, you know, at a certain point, you know, like you want to do something that's fun. Like Derek, I know you want to do like this, this trophy job you're talking about. Yeah. There's a lot of experience. There's a lot of resume building built into that job. So yeah. if he came back to you and said, listen, I can only do it for 600 bucks. It might sting you a little bit, but you probably would do it for the experience. Yeah, and the perfect example is that sign I made. I got so mm-hmm. many messages, including from you, Chris, saying, you are not remaking that sign. And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that sign, technically, I think when all is said and done, I think I'm probably going to make minus 50 bucks on yeah. it. It's probably going to yep. cost me to make money, mm-hmm. make it. But – I didn't tell people the guy I made, I made it for a young kid for, he gave it to his dad for father's day and they collect cars and they have, you know, brothers and uncles that are into car collecting. They bought car collecting clubs and all this stuff. So, you know, they were already telling me they want like three more signs and this and that. And the other thing was I wanted to make it with epoxy and I didn't have time to do that. And, you know, total boat's been great to me. Um, they've given me so much stuff and I really wanted to make it look like a plastic sign, not that plastic's great, but I wanted it to look just like the car emblem. So I'm going to do it with pour and epoxy and I want to, you know, get the experience and see that and do it and make it. And I've been practicing with a couple small things and, you know, they've been coming out great and I'm excited to do that. So for me, that job, I didn't care about, you know, losing some money on it because I know it's going to pay dividends in the end you know but if i was never going to hear from that person again that would have been a tough pill to swallow yeah and that's the point first job on the machine though right on the new cnc yeah 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 so that's that's where i mean just just getting that thing kind of running for you yeah that that's kind of you know the other part of it too i i'm i mean this machine it's a big machine it's it's not scary but it is scary compared to the other one you know and i'm just learning i'm learning the software i'm learning everything so i just kind of like just want to cut everything right now so it's like the more i get to do the the more i'm learning so it's okay like right now you know and um but it is tough when you you know have to do a job like that and do it over but you know it 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 will pay off in the end yeah absolutely and like uh that little the the other little sign did you post pictures of that other sign that Um, you made uh, yeah real quick i did the other night that you know it's funny the kid i'm making it for he goes i love it but it's just a little bit too small and i said dude it's just you know like a little sample just to see what it's going to look like for scale and everything like that i said you know this thing's only like 12 inches long because he wanted something he has a big uh, garage like a barn 
and uh, he wants something probably like 35 inches long. This is this is tiny. But, yeah, I just, you know, I've never really done anything like that, like inlaid in po- epoxy and something to color it. I just wanted to see how it came out and the colors and, you know, mixing the pigments and all that. I don't want to try it the first time on a on a big sign somebody's paying for. So, you know, these are like little practice runs, these little yeah. ones. You know? If so. you want to see the sign that we're talking about, you're going to have to follow us on Instagram at handmade podcast and you can see an exclusive look at the sign that derek is working on that i can see in the video feed but you can't nice segue. Um, yeah so follow nice us work. on instagram nice, nice um, do you do you feel that as do you do you see obviously like the instagram community is fantastic for support right like and yes. all three of us have benefited you know in so many ways from the support we get from our colleagues and our friends in Instagram, but only sometimes does it actually turn back into business. Do you feel like people are coming to you for business on Instagram or not, not so much? Well, it's funny you would say that because I recently just made a push on Facebook and, um, I want to apologize publicly if anybody's getting, uh, please uh, like this, please do this. Cause I feel like, you know, like, um, what's that? Like, Hey Boomer or whatever, like an old guy. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how to use Facebook at all. And, um, I've had the account forever. I've never used it until like two months ago and I'm trying to navigate through it. And, um, Dave Taylor from, um, Dave Taylor, 3D, whatnot. He uh, he's great on Facebook, and he was on the phone with me the other night helping me. And he was telling me, like, he goes, you know, he goes, I. He, this was him talking. He says, I think of Instagram as my friends and people I hang out with, my peers. He goes, Facebook is like family slash business, you know. Mm-hmm. And he says, because huh. the people that follow you, he says on Instagram, they're not going to buy you shit. You know, and mm-hmm. for the most part, that's true. I do get some business through there, but I'm not getting anything through Facebook. So I'm doing a giveaway on Facebook. If you don't follow me on Facebook or whatever it is you do on Facebook, follow me, Derek from Alden. But um, or your <laughs> friends or something, whatever it is, you guys know what you need to tell do. your friends, tell your yeah, colleagues. yeah, yeah. Oh. All you're gonna do is like it and share it, and uh, that's you right. Can be what are I'm you giving away? away? I'm giving away a flag. Including nice. shipping, everything. So lower wow. forty-eight only. But um, it's hot. July's coming up, folks. You better yeah. follow. You better get yeah. into the giveaway. But I tell you, it's amazing. Just like in two days, I've probably gotten more you know inquiries and and messages of people to buy stuff in two days than I have in I bet you six months on Instagram. It's just unbelievable. I'm almost wow. scared as to what it will be like in a year. And not that that's going to keep growing, but it just definitely it's going in the right direction. I can see that. So, you know, I'm excited about that because I kind of not I, I mean, believe me, I love everybody that follows me. I love, you know, I, I, I like I said the other last week, I love the interaction. I love when people talk to me and stuff like that. But it's almost like it's my family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I want to get out there in the real world, like people I don't know, you know, yep. And it's funny, a guy messaged me uh, today and he's like, oh, you know, I'd love to get something, blah, blah, blah. And I give him the price and shipping. And he goes, oh, I live down the street from you. I says, <laughs> oh. I says oh, sorry, you know, but, um, you know, it, it's just, but it, it it's like a totally different set of people, which mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, exciting, you know, so. Yeah, I but, look yeah. at it as like, you know, it's, it's like 
it's like a referral source, right? So somebody is going to reach out to one of these people on Instagram and say, you know, a lot of the people that we're friends with, right, on Instagram, like a lot of us do the same thing, right? So like someone might reach out to Paul because Paul's made hammers and say, hey, I really want a hammer. And Paul's probably going to respond, well, I I just, at the moment, I'm just not making hammers. Like it's not what I'm doing. But Mm -hmm. here is somebody else, you know, here is... I don't know. Name a hammer maker, Paul. Um, that's selling know. hammers. Uh, but whatever. Uh, so like, if somebody yeah, like I, I, I will make a sign at one point with a CNC machine. I am not going to become a sign maker. But if someone reaches out to me and says, "Hey, I love that sign," I'm going to send them to Derek. Mm-hmm. So it's you know like, and it's funny because uh, recently somebody reached out to me on Instagram about my van, about my Sprinter. They live locally. They bought a Sprinter because. You know, I mean, we talked about it. I don't know if he bought it because I told him it was a good buy. But anyway, he purchased the Sprinter and he goes, hey, you know, I saw you insulated it, whatever. I'd love to pick your brain about it. So he comes down. I let him come to my shop and whatever. We talked for a couple of minutes and then I go, all right, well, listen, good luck. You know, I'll see you later. He goes, actually, I got one more thing I want to talk to you about. He opens the back of his van and he goes, you know, I make tables like slab tables. He goes, and I need somebody to fabricate the legs for my tables. So, you know, my thought is like, I'm not a production welder, but it's a nice little influx of money if somebody says, hey, just make the legs for my tables. You don't have to do anything else. So the, the you know, it was just a general interaction with someone like, you know, me and this guy aren't particularly friends, but he didn't find me because he wanted to hire me. He just happened to kind of use me as a reference. So I, I feel like Instagram can can lead to things, but I don't look at it like you said, Derek. I don't look at it as like a a business like Facebook does. And yeah. Paul, I feel like with the stuff you're moving into, you're you're maybe even less likely to get the kind of work that you're transitioning towards through an Instagram model. Yeah, a lot of it is is actually reaching out to you know general contractors, and mm-hmm. you know, I get the traffic on the website and stuff, but a lot of it's reaching out to local you know, builders and, and GCs and stuff and, and, you know, letting them know that we're, we're here and that's been working out really well so far. I've gotten a ton of jobs doing that. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. The Instagram, not a lot of people on Instagram really, you know, needing, you know, structural steel or like, you know, <laughs> there's maybe a couple, actually, you know, that's not true. I did just recently get a, a, a railing job, um, from Instagram, but nice. you know, a lot, probably some smaller stuff, maybe more like misc stuff, like railings and, and different mm-hmm. things. But I don't think anyone's gonna, you know, stumble upon me on Instagram and ask me to build them a building. But you know, it's and it's know. interesting too. Well, yeah, because I'm just thinking, just kind of thinking while you're saying that, like, look at Kyle from RR Buildings. Yeah, that's like, true. Jimmy that's- had his building put up by Kyle, essentially because he met Kyle through Instagram. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's possible. That's definitely. Yeah. I really like that guy. That guy's that guy makes great content, and you know he mm-hmm. seems like a cool guy. Talk um, about a hardworking oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe he has two guys working for him now. But for the longest time, it was him and one other guy, and Honestly, like three that's machines. That's the way to do it. Just He's unbelievable. A couple good people and just good equipment and a couple good people that you could rely on. You mm-hmm. can't have like ten people, you know running around like a bunch of dummies working for you mm-hmm. gotta have just a good tight knit yeah. crew that that you know like like fred Oil. and this other guy that i have working for me now like they're just solid guys that i could always rely on smart guys and it's like it's just better it's better to have Yo, smart yeah. people you know it's it's too much of a headache 
Yeah, I I worked uh, when I was in home building. You know, we worked with arguably the best <clears throat> framer on Long Island, who he happens to be um, Matt's boss, uh, Matt's boss's brother. Oh, so really? Matt's, Matt's boss owns a steel company, and his brother owns a wood framing company. Steel and one does wood. And uh, and I remember, you know, because I got pretty close with the owner of the framing company because I was the project manager on the house that he was framing for us. And he said, yeah, we tried to convince our third brother to be a Mason and we really would have hit the jackpot. He could have <laughs> done the foundations. We, I could have done the framing and uh, Tom could have done the steel. But anyway, his crew was, he had like uh, kind of like a foreman, but he was a working foreman. You know, the guy was actually swinging a hammer mm-hmm. and three other guys. And that was it. They, you know, they had a great system. They knew exactly where they were going. You know, everything came out straight and square. And they had a, a they had one machine. They had a lull. They and they just got work done. And they were you know impressive to watch. Um, you know, a small crew like that taking on you know whatever needed to be taken on. And they just they had like a good synchronicity. Same thing goes for the steel company that Matt works for. I think there's only three guys there. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely doable. You know, or you see like these crews where it's like a team of ants and there's like 17 people. And then most of the sometimes day that works, though. Like, yeah, sometimes it was, works. There was a, some like there's this concrete company. Actually, remember that mezzanine I built at that restaurant? Mm-hmm. The, the concrete guys that showed up, it was crazy to watch them work. They showed up at like 7 a.m. They were out of there by like eight, literally 830. Like with, mm. they probably brought maybe nine, ten guys. But they, everyone knew exactly what they were supposed to do. They were yeah. so efficient. They came in like, like I don't even know. It was crazy. Poured the concrete, troweled it out, did whatever they had to do. It, it like, and there was a good amount of concrete. Like it was a pretty big mezzanine, plus all the stair pans they had to fill. Mm-hmm. And they just left one guy there for you know till the afternoon to you know because you have to keep like troweling it every yeah. couple hours to smooth it out. But it was crazy. Like I was just thinking, like if they could do this job in literally two hours. They could probably do four, three or four of the jobs in that day. Mm-hmm. Like they were making some serious money. I mean, I, I was going to say you don't get paid. You don't get well, paid any less because you did it. No, you did it fast. Did fast job, too. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say because they know what they get when the job's done. So when it's done, they're done. You know. So yeah. it's like there's no benefit to hanging out. You know. Yeah. But I so think- Derek. Oh, go oh ahead. sorry. sorry. No, finish up, Paul. No, but I remember watching it, the Essential Craftsman. I really like watching his videos. I like that guy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he he said something about the um, the Army Corps of Engineers said that the efficiency of like a crew um, decreases by twenty percent every time the crew is doubled. So if you go from a crew of two mm. guys to four guys, you lose twenty percent efficiency every single time you double the size of the crew, which makes sense. Because like interesting, and, and and really for me, like. As long as I have enough people to like lift something, as long as I have enough people to like do a specific task, like that's the maximum amount of people I need. Like, that's right. Because because we're gonna get it done. It might take twice as long, but if I'm gonna be twenty percent more efficient, I'd rather take twice as long. You know, instead of having a bunch of people standing around and half the time, you know, two of the guys are just standing around twiddling their thumbs because they don't have anything to do. Yep. It's better to just have the necessary amount of people and have good people that are hard workers and that are gonna you know do what they're supposed to do. That's what I think. That's why there's only usually one other person with me in my shop on big jobs. Yeah, and it's Matt. And it's and it's Matt and, and the best and, of the best. Exactly. And if it's not and if it's not just Matt, it's Matt and his brother. Head of finishing. Um, 
That's right, Matt. Yeah, Matt's brother. Department. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to Nicholas like Paris. Kid. He's so funny. Nick Nick Paris, the unsung hero of the Paris family. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you you watch my you watch my YouTube on my metal projects. My friend Matt comes in. Shout out to Matt, and he's going to be my pick. Of, he's going to be my pick of the week when we get there. But anyway, his brother Nicholas comes in. He doesn't say a word, and if I give him a task. He just he just goes at it. He sanded the whole conference he's table. He's like rain, the rain man of sanding. Yeah. You know. I didn't know that was his brother. Yeah, that's Matt's brother. And he's like super quiet and he's just but I mean he goes beyond you always want to work with someone that's gonna take it beyond where you wanna stop, right? You never want to work with somebody that's gonna stop before they should be done. Like Nicholas like we did a brushed stainless steel range hood and like oh crazy That's like nicholas would have polished it to a mirror if we didn't stop him and say dude we got you know, we gotta brush it you know and then we you know we've done we've done so many steel jobs where nicholas has come in and just been like you know he just wants to help you know and that's that's the best like he doesn't he doesn't just want to like stand around it and gawk but anyway as we wrap this thing up derek what are you working on this week coming i up? am working on the trophy I um, like I mentioned, I'm doing a trophy for a country club, local private country club, and um, it's funny. It's for like a group of guys that have been golfing forever, and it's going to have like a beer stein at the top, very expensive that they purchased. And um, I'm just kind of getting in like some drawings down right now. It's at the early stages. It's going to be dragging on for a while, but I'm uh, just starting on that. So that's what I got going. Nice. Paul, what's up next for you? Um, pretty much still moving into the shop. I have a couple of jobs going on, though. I have a one um, stair job that I've been working on a little bit um, here and there. And then also we actually today I was I spent part of the day laying out um, base plates for a job down on the water. It's a house and we're doing the structural steel for the house. So I've been doing that yesterday and today, bouncing back and forth between the two projects and just trying to move into the place, get things organized. I got to get the place, you know, I got to get it wired. We got to put up a little temporary office. I think that's actually what I'm going to have Fred work on tomorrow is put basically just a, a call, take a couple pieces of these, uh, this sheetrock that we bought and build like a 12 by 12 little office in the corner, just so we mm-hmm. have a clean dust free place to do, you know, computer work and stuff for now until we could build the main office with the bathrooms and the supply room and everything. Um, nice. That's pretty much it for now. Nothing, you know, too crazy, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm starting on the ramp Well, I started on the ramp actually, uh, last Saturday. So, uh, we built the roll cage inside the van over at Matt's shop and I got, uh, 10 pieces of, 10 24 foot long pieces of two by two delivered today and tomorrow uh we are recording this podcast a little late but tomorrow being friday i'm gonna be starting to weld that up and we're gonna be working on that so i'm i'm super excited to get the mechanics like going on that that's gonna be a cool project yard rats Yard rats over at the yard with the yard rats we're we're doing it we're doing it at my shop though so you know that's <laughs> last weekend we worked over at their shop and oh it's my so god funny. it's just unreal it's it's like grand central too i mean aside from the fact that you know i'm in a shop by myself i'm very spoiled nobody comes here and if they come to visit i usually know they're coming their shop they got four it's four like it's like four partners like a social club 
Oh my God, with the people coming. And then on top of that, the building that they're, the, the location their shop is in is like a, a parking area for like landscapers and masons all day. Trucks are coming through. People are dropping stuff off. People are, you know, you, you, there's nowhere to park. So I had to move my, I must have moved my van oh, like eight yeah, times that yeah. day. And it just like, you take, you talk about adding, uh, you talk about doubling the crew and taking 20% efficiency out every like five <laughs> minutes, like 90% efficiency oh. over there. And then, and then, the, then the six pack comes out and then the second six well, pack that comes was out. Next thing. I think they should just turn it into a bar. They'd probably make a ton more money and yeah. do the same thing. And I'm, and I'm, and then it's, you know, like, and I'm, and I'm filming this for a video. So like the whole time, like, you know, I got the camera pointed over here. I turn around, Matt's welding something on the other side of the room. I go, dude, what are yeah. you doing? Or he moves the camera out of the way because it's in his way. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, oh, I got to weld this. And That's I look funny. at the kid. The kid who had me build the ramp is a YouTuber too. So he's got a, his filmer there. He's jumping and, I for this and I look at him and I go, do you see what I have to put up with? I go, I'm trying to film this. And he's taking the camera and like just – Matt's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, come on. I want to weld this. It's getting dark. Oh my That's god! What well, it's like a circus. We should have made the video just about what it's like to work there. But anyway, um, we're gonna be working in my shop this weekend, and I'm very relieved to be uh, down in the uh, the pit of doom over there, where nobody comes to visit, no social visits. You know, yeah. we're walking distance from Starbucks. We can all uh, stay caffeinated and work 14 hour day. Yes. Anyway, Derek, what are you watching this week? Who are you who are you gonna recommend? I am watching this guy. His name's Mark Lindsay. L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. He has these CNC videos. They're very, very dry, so do not watch them before you nice. go to bed. Nice. But if you need to learn how to use um, like VCAV and you know Aspire or Vetric, he is the guy. He knows everything. And this he, is on YouTube. Yep, on YouTube. And he just goes through every step. And like I said, it's a little bit dry. But sometimes, like, when you need to learn something, that's what you need. But he just has, like, a ton of information and just really, like, in-depth. Like, like you know, if you see a project he's doing, by the end of the project, you'll know how to do it. Because he just goes through every step of it. He explains everything, which is great. Explains, like, certain keys and stuff like that that just makes it so much easier. So if anybody out there is using Vetric, Definitely look him up, and um, you know I don't know the guy, I, you know none of that, but he's just um, just a lot of good info. So that's my pick. Nice, Paul. I, give I, us something good. I, come on, I, give I, us something I, good. I, what I'm are you watching? I'm gonna disappoint you this week. I'll come back strong next week. I don't. I literally <laughs> don't, haven't been watching much because I've been so busy. I've been. What are you shop. listening to? Podcast? Anything? I give me know. something. He's gun shy. The Amish comment. What's the last watched, thing you? Yeah, I mean, Amish, I know well, you're listen, upset. The Amish took my internet, which pissed me off. <laughs> That's the title you got. Yeah, it. the <laughs> Amish took my. Oh, there we go. Well, I got to keep the, the titles going, but they literally stole my internet. It's just, it's really been a disaster over here with some with the podcast and everything. But I, ha, I have been here at the shop since like till nine o'clock at night, like every single night this week. So I haven't had much time to watch stuff. But I watched. I, I don't know. This is one thing I watched. I watched this video about. Like, you know those islands they built in Dubai? I watched the that sand video. One? Did I you watch that video? You must have yeah. saw the same exact one mm-hmm. where they were trying to build all these 
you know, these, these sand islands and it just ended up being a big disaster because all the water got stagnant and mm-hmm. got smelly and gross. The islands are washing away. Yep. You like, watched the video about why it failed, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were yep. supposed to build like five of these Island clusters. There's literally only one and like half, it's mm-hmm. like half full. And it just, it's crazy how they build anything in Dubai. Cause you're just building stuff in, in sand. It's mm-hmm. like the building that, that one building, the Burj Khalifa is so, unbelievably tall i mean obviously it's the tallest building in the world but it doesn't make sense like how it just doesn't tip over like it's what are they, they doing with on? gold gold yeah, they, they literally do <laughs> they put a bunch of they put a bunch of rolls royces in the basement they like literally do yeah so we'll put the video to why the do why the economy in dubai the construction economy uh took a dive that's Paul's pick of the week. <laughs> no, <they don't. laughs> now you're gonna know. get. Now you're gonna get yeah. like somebody from Dubai coming in. Yeah. They're gonna fill your shop with sand. That's gonna be the next yeah. retaliation. <laughs> yeah. Well, they 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 actually have the ability to because they got so much money they could fly a freaking you know load of sand over here. The Amish, <laughs> they're still on their way. They're still Tell coming. You, one of my neighbors worked in Dubai, and he was a, he was an economist, and he used to try to get me to work over there with him. You I went on. Like, <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. He goes, you'll make more in 10 years. You can retire. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do over there? He goes, anything you want. He goes, all they want to do is drive their Lamborghinis around. He goes, you can't get anybody yeah. to work over there. He says, that's all they do. They yeah. just drive their cars around. You know? They just have more they have more money than they know what to do with, which is, yeah. you know, I guess yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I read an article a couple of years ago about a, it was like, he was like an amateur skateboarder who was, he was really into shooting guns and he was friends. I think it was from Massachusetts. He was friends with some law enforcement guys. He'd go to the range. And one day a guy approached him at the range and asked him if he'd be interested in working on a, uh, on a shipping freighter doing security, like against the pirates off the African coast. That sounds fun. So he was like, yeah, sure. And I think he was making like 300 or $400,000 a year. He'd be gone for like seven months. And I texted my buddy who was uh, in the Marines and he at the time he was in the police academy. And I said, uh, I said, I sent him the article and I said, I don't know, man, this seems pretty nice. I was like, you want to just go and live off the coast of Africa for a while? We'll go through some tactical training and we'll just go do that. He was like, oh, he was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But I mean, think about it. You're you're in the on a crow's nest on a shipping on a shipping like a container ship. And mm-hmm. these guys are coming up to you in an outboard inflatable dinghy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I think like the win to lose ratio is is pretty in your favor being the guy on movie? the boat. That movie with Tom Hanks. I was uh, gonna Captain say, yeah, 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 yeah. They sniped them yeah. right out of the a boat from behind the the cr- uh, cargo ship. Yeah. It was like the craziest thing, right? Didn't they have like yeah. snipers and they had to well, time it with the the waves of the ocean and they yeah. got them right in the head. <laughs> well, that's what my neighbor is like. Oh, he goes, oh, he goes. We live on. A, we'll live on a compound over there. He he yeah. would literally go over there for like months at a time. And uh, he was from New Zealand, so I was like, yeah, you'd be safe. You have a New Zealand passport. Yeah. You know, well, safe. Derek, you got the beard, so you could probably pass. Oh, I didn't right. have it back then. So. Oh my god. <laughs> well, my, my my pick of the week is going to be Matt and the guys over at Yard Rats. They don't make videos, uh, but they post stuff on instagram and they're absolutely tragically horrible at posting the amazing work that they and do they're so but good too they're so good they're, and everything that that they put out is like is just like impressive and perfect and matt doesn't let anything leave his shop unless it's 
perfect times 10. So follow the Yard Rats, follow Matt Paris. I'm going to put their information in the show road, show notes. It's at Yard Rats Fab on Instagram. Um, those guys, those guys are the best. But I think I think that about wraps us up for this week, yeah. episode five. Thank you guys for coming back, episode five. I know we were a little late this week. It's all right. The Amish yeah, stole well, yeah. Paul's internet. But I'm we'll sorry. be back. <laughs> we'll be back to video for you guys. I didn't have anything too funny, but I'll, I'll come back with something good next week. Yeah, Paul has to take next week off so he can properly think about what he's got coming up. Well, yeah, next. I got to defend against them because they're on their way. That's right. But listen, send us messages either to our personal Instagrams, but more importantly to the handmade podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you want to hear about. Let us know what questions you have about working in your shop or your business. Thank you to Craig at the makery. Check out the other episodes of the other podcasts. Recently, I have been listening to Jeff Fader's full oh, blast podcast. What I was going to say, yeah, you got to listen. Talk. What a good podcast. Oh, he goes to a therapist. Jesus Christ. The, the, <laughs> he's funny though, but he's so oh. good. It's Jeff, really Jeff so was built, born for this. Yeah. Jeff was born for this. If you're yeah. not listening to the Full Blast podcast, you are missing out. And he recently started bringing on guests, and the guests have just enhanced the podcast uh, that much better. So yeah, listen so to cool. Jeff. Check out The Makery uh, and subscribe and do all the other things. And don't piss off the Amish people. And that's uh, I think that's about it. Derek, any yeah. last words? Yeah, don't forget to share and like Derek from Alden. You might <laughs> you might just win a flag. So Oh yes, yes, you that's might win right. a flag. All right, I think that's it, folks. Take it easy. Thank All right. You. See you later. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.